This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Hi, my name is Dr. Lou Diaz, pastor of Butte Bible Fellowship located at 2255 Pillsbury Road in Chico. And I'm providing inspirational teaching for you from God's Word each week. Listen to my weekly radio program, Encouraging Words with Dr. Lou Diaz, at 10 a.m. on Saturday or 10 a.m. on Sunday. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. Our sermon today is from Ruth chapter 2. Ruth chapter 2. Our series is entitled, Adjusting to a New Normal. For those of you who have video conferencing, I don't know if you see the screen behind me, but we've angled this just so that hopefully you can. And it shows signs pointing in various directions, adjusting to a new normal, the study of Ruth. And we also want to recap last week's message briefly. Last week, we said, you have a choice. And that is, life is 10% what happens to us and 90% how we react to it. So when you're adjusting to a new normal, there are changes in your life. Things are not going the way they used to go. Everything seems topsy-turvy. Your life has been shaken. It doesn't mean that you have to be shaken and that your life has to be topsy-turvy. You have a choice how you're going to respond to the changes in your life, to the new normal. Now, in the case of Ruth, we have really Naomi as the key person when chapter 1 begins, and there are four changes that she had to make to her new normal. There was a famine in Bethlehem, the house of bread of all places, and they moved to Moab, and so they had to move away from home. And then the two sons married foreigners. They married Moabites, who were enemies of the people of Israel. But that was the only choice for uh, wives in the area. And then her husband, in that time period of 10 years, became ill and passed away. She had to do health care for him and then mourn his loss. And then her two sons died. So she experienced grief. And then she heard there was food back in Bethlehem, and she started moving back to Bethlehem with her two daughters-in-law. Now, what changes have you had to make during these hard times? You've had to shelter in place. You've had to practice strict precautions. You've had to manage your own health issues. You've had to grieve losses, not just of loved ones, but of change. Things are not the way they used to be. But hopefully, one of the changes you've done, one of the ways you've responded to change is that you have been using this time to draw closer to the Lord. Well, we see that there are choices. There are not only changes that happen in your life, but there are choices that you make to those changes. In the case of Ruth, she could choose to keep going, as in going to Bethlehem with her mother-in-law, Naomi, Or she could choose to go back to her family. Naomi made that choice clear. She could choose to go back to her family and rest with them, that is, find security with them. Or she could take risk and move forward back to, or going to Jerusalem, to Bethlehem. 
She could be with family or she could go and be with foreigners. She could commit or quit. And Ruth's choice to her new normal was to commit. And we see that in, Roman, in Ruth chapter 1, verse 16. Both Ruth replied, Don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. Right there, Ruth made a commitment to the God of Israel. She was born again and had faith in the Lord, and that began the journey of adjusting to her new normal. To adjust to a new normal, you must be sure you know the Lord, that you're committed to Him, because the Lord, like a gentle, loving, powerful shepherd, will lead you through any crisis. The Lord will help you through difficult times. The Lord is the anchor of your soul in the midst of the storm. Be sure you've committed your life to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Well, now we see in our sermon today, Ruth chapter 2. Ruth chapter 1 was, you have a choice. Ruth chapter 2 is, you have a purpose. You have a purpose. And there's five points I'm going to go through very quickly here in Ruth chapter 2. The five points that show you have a purpose are these. Number one, the end is not written yet. Number two, someone still needs you. Number three, God directs your steps. Number four, giving 100% is a witness. And number five, God will provide what you need. Let's look at how each of these points are in our text, Ruth chapter 2. First of all, when you come to a new normal, it's very normal to want to resign, to want to quit, to say, what's the use? Everything's not the same. I don't care anymore. I'm overwhelmed. I just want to pull the covers over my head and sleep until it goes away. Have you ever said that? We all are tempted to quit and not want to go on. But the Bible says God has not given you a spirit of, tim of timidity or fear or resignation, but he's given you a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. God gives you everything you need to adjust to a new normal. And in chapter 2, verse 1, the author of Ruth writes this intriguing hint that Naomi and Ruth's lives are going to change for the better. It says in chapter 2, verse 1, but now Naomi had a relative on her husband's side, a man of standing from the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. You could hear the organ music swelling with a note of hope and joy. Something's good's going to happen. These two widows are going to go to Bethlehem, and you would think that they're going to be uh, given to a life of just barely scraping by. But no, there's a hero in the wings. His name, Boaz, which means quickness. He knows what he wants and goes after it quickly. He's discerning, and he's a man of standing. He's wealthy, 
He's influential. He is a man who can carry out what he sets his mind to. And he's of the family line of Elimelech. Elimelech was the husband of Naomi who died. And one of the customs of that day was that a relative could carry on the family line of the deceased by marrying someone in the family. So it's all being set up here. Now let me just talk to you about this. Why go on? Because your story is not over yet. God is writing the story of your life. And just when you think you come to a dead end, it's actually a corner leading to a new vista. Don't give up. Don't resign. Don't say it's too much for me. You and the Lord are a majority, and you're more than an overcomer through Christ who loves you and gave himself for you. God is writing your story, and there's a good ending to it. So trust in him. Hang on to him. He can help you put one baby step in front of another as you adjust to this new normal. The second point is this. Why go on? Someone still needs you. In chapter 2, verse 2, Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. And Naomi said to her, Go ahead, my daughter. You see, Ruth had a reason to go on, to adjust to her new normal. It wasn't just her. Naomi, her mother-in-law, was depending on Ruth depending upon Ruth to go make a living, to go get food. And that gave her incentive for continuing on. Now, someone's dependent upon you. Someone still needs you. Now, it could be your kids. I don't care how young or how old of a parent you are, you're still a parent. And your kids need you. They need your prayers. They need your support. They need your love. They need to hear your voice on the phone. Your kids need you. Your grandkids need you. Your great-grandkids need you. Your great-great-grandkids need you. You are still needed. Life is not over for you. You are not useless. You still make a contribution through your prayers, through your worship, through your witness for Christ. We live in this body that we might glorify Christ. To me, to live is Christ, and to die is to gain more of Christ. So our lives have a purpose, and that purpose is to pray and care for our neighbors, our friends, the people around us. You are needed. Someone still needs you. The third point is this. Why go on? Because God is directing your steps. God is your shepherd. He's leading and guiding you, and he will do so supernaturally, just like he did for Ruth. We find in Ruth chapter 2, verse 3, So she went out, entered a field, and began to glean behind the harvesters. Now watch this. In the second part of verse 3, it says, As it turned out. It wasn't an accident. It was a Christ incidence, not a coincidence, a Christ incidence, because God had a purpose and a reason for why of all the fields she should walk into, she should walk into the very field of Boaz, who was related uh, to Elimelech and could be her kinsman redeemer. 
That was the Lord leading Ruth. And the Lord leads you as you follow him. Now notice in verse 4-5 it says, Just then, Boaz arrived. Now, do you think the timing of things is by accident? No, it's not. The intersection of you and your destiny is directed by God. God is sovereign and in control. Just then, Boaz arrives and says, Who does that young woman belong to? It's amazing the timing involved in this story. And it's amazing how God is working out the timing and connections for you. So you say, Lord, what is my purpose during this coronavirus pandemic? What is my purpose during this time of being sheltered in place? Follow the Lord and he'll lead you, he'll guide you, and he will direct you supernaturally. The timing, the connections, the answers to prayer will be evidence God is your shepherd and he's leading and guiding you. Why go on? The fourth reason is giving 100% is a witness. I want us to look at Ruth and what she did in adjusting to her new normal. She was a Moabite from Moab and now she's in Bethlehem, a foreigner. And what did she do? Chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. The overseer replied to Boaz, She is the Moabite who came back from Moab with Naomi. She said, Please let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the harvesters. She came into the field and has remained here from morning till now, except for a short rest in the shelter. You see, Ruth rolled up her sleeves. She got to work. And she worked hard. And she worked all day. And she only took a small break time. And the overseer noticed that. The overseer talked her up to his boss, Boaz. He was impressed. And the Bible says, whatever you find to do, give it 100%, as if working unto the Lord. Colossians 3, 23 and 24. Verse 24 says, and your reward will be great. So God wants us to find something to do and to do it with all of our heart. And as you do something, God can steer you. God can direct you. God cannot steer a parked car. So you've got to give it your all, whatever you find to do. And if it's not what God wants you to do, he'll redirect you. But give it 100%. And people who don't know the Lord will say, how can you stay active? How can you be involved? How can you contribute? How can you do these things wholeheartedly when I just want to give up? And you say, the hope I have is Jesus Christ. Jesus is the answer. Amen? Finally, why go on? Because God provides for your needs. God provided for Ruth's needs, and God will provide for your needs. Notice, uh, as I went through chapter 2, the needs that God met for Ruth. He provided a safe place for her to work. Now, this is no small thing. In um, the Near East, the men can be rather frisky. Shirley went to Israel, and she went there with Westmont students, and uh, she had to warn the blondes who were always smiling at the uh, natives not to be friendly. 
not to encourage them because they came up to uh, these students and said, do you want me to be your husband? They were frisky. They couldn't keep their hands to themselves. Shirley had a small little umbrella, and she would smack the hands of people trying to touch her. So you can imagine Ruth, a woman, a foreigner, working the field behind the harvesters, and the harvesters wanting to harass her and molest her. God provided a safe place for Ruth, praise the Lord. God provided water to drink. Boaz said, whenever you're thirsty, Ruth, I want you to drink from the water well that, that we have for our workers. You're welcome to that. And then there were extra benefits. Boaz told the harvesters, hey, you know, when you're pulling out the crop, leave some full crop behind for Ruth to collect. Not just the gleanings, but give her a full crop so she can uh, have more. So there were benefits. And then she had a gentle and generous boss. In verses 13 to 14, she says, Thank you for speaking kindly to me. That encourages my heart. And then she had a contract until the harvest is over. When she came home and told Naomi, she says, Boy, I'm going to be allowed to do two crops two full seasons of work for this man named Boaz. And praise God, Naomi was thrilled that of all people, she was led by the Lord, by the gentle, loving, powerful Savior to work in Boaz's field who could become her kinsman redeemer. And Jesus is our kinsman redeemer. We have redemption through Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for our sins, who rose from the dead to give us eternal life. Praise God that Jesus, our Lord, is our Redeemer and our King. We love Him and we follow Jesus, the Great Shepherd. Now, why go on? Because God provides your needs. Let me just have you focus quickly on verse 12. May the Lord repay you, Boaz said to Ruth, for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. This is Boaz saying to Ruth, I have noticed, I've heard the story of how committed you are to taking care of Naomi and may the Lord, who, whom you have committed your life to by faith, bless you as you trust in the Lord and you go under the shelter of his wings. May you feel his protection and his provision and his guidance in your life. God provides for your needs. He provides for all your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4.19 Are you trusting him? Are you coming under the shelter of his wings? Because the Lord loves you. The Lord cares about you. He wants you to talk to him about your struggles. But he also wants you to know you have a purpose even during these times of the coronavirus pandemic. I'm going to ask you to pray 
But before we do, let me just summarize the points if you're taking notes. I know many of you are diligent of taking notes. Why keep going on? What is the motivation that you have to adjust to your new normal, your NN? The five reasons that we saw from the book of Ruth, chapter 2, are these. Number one, be encouraged, my friend. The end is not written yet. God's still at work in your life. Number two, someone still needs you. They need your prayers. They need your companionship, your love, your phone call to hear your voice, your giving. By the way, many of you have accumulated large sums of money for retirement. And you know what? You have more money than you're going to have life. This is the time to give your money away. Give it to missions. Give it to the church. Give it to your family. You've got more than enough money. Give. Start giving it away. Of course, be judicious and reasonable, but realize you've got more than you need. Also, why keep going on? Because God directs your steps. He will supernaturally lead and guide you. And give yourself 100% to whatever God gives you, and people around you will notice the hope of Christ that's in you, and they'll ask you about it. And why keep going on? Because God will provide what you need. God is the source and supplier of everything you need. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Do you believe that? Your shepherd will lead you, he will guide you, and he will provide for you. Now I'm going to ask you to respond to this message, to the preaching of God's word. I'm going to ask you to pray. Now, you may not be able to see the screen behind me. Maybe you can. But here's a prayer. And just bow your head with me. And let's just pray this together. Everybody pray in your heart. Just say yes as I pray this prayer. Agree with it. And let's just pray both these prayers together in our hearts. Shall we respond to God's word in prayer now? Pray with me. I thank you, Lord, that you do have a purpose for my life. And I give my life to you now, Jesus. Please come into my heart and be my Redeemer and my Lord. And let's pray the second prayer together. Just say yes in your heart. Agree with me as I pray. Lord, thank you that you still have plans for my life and that I am here to be a witness for you. Thank you for directing my steps and for protecting, for providing for my needs. I give 100% of myself to you in love, surrender, and service. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. We needed to hear this word today that not only do we have a choice as to how we're going to respond but we also have a purpose in the midst of change. So, Lord, we trust in you. We come under the shelter of your wings. We thank you that you are our shepherd who loves us, who is all-wise, who is with us, who is guiding us, who is providing for us by your great might and powerful right hand. 
Thank you for caring for us. Thank you for loving us, the sheep of your pasture. We love you, great shepherd of our souls. Amen. Do you need encouragement? I want to share my spiritual gift of encouragement with you. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. Call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521 to find out how you can connect with our weekly worship services and faith-building messages from God's Word.